0: I am your host Cole Dawson and with me as always my hashtag team partner Ron Kilborn Ronald how the heck are you today bud
1: oh i am doing swimmingly uh last week as we all know it's another win another w for uh mr mr kilborn in the draft department you know it's uh it, i know it's weird you know I, I i'm not used to this and uh you know my <laughs> day will come i think my you know uh, we have another draft around the corner i think you know about another month you know i think uh Cole's been plotting his uh, super villain uh, revenge. And uh, (laughs) I think me and my family are going down eventually in these drafts. What say you, Cole?
0: Well, all I have to do is pick a guest that has one wrestler that will win any card, no matter how bad it is. And then just pick that guy and put him in the main event. And I'm golden. I'm good to go. I'm learning. Just, you know, if we have Dave, just pick Ultimo, even if he did, you know, was the shits in that promotion or wherever, and just put him in the main event and I'll win.
1: Yeah, it's it's kind of like when Justin's here and you pick any Japanese, <laughs> Japanese <woman>. wrestler. <laughs> <laughs> you got to play to the strengths that yeah, you know, and you know, I learned from you, Mr. Miyagi. I learned yeah. from you and it's paying off in, in 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 many, many ways.
0: Well, it's fun because it, it's one of the cool things about having different guests. And a lot of times, honestly, when we draft, we're not entirely sure who the guest is going to be because we're still working some things out. Uh, this time we did happen to know that Tiger Man was booked. Good to go. And uh, so as soon as you picked Ultimo, I knew I was in some kind of trouble. So it wasn't, uh, you know, I wasn't too terribly shocked or disappointed. You know, it was it was rigged against me. So it is what it is.
1: I mean, I mean, if you have time to be disappointed about this, you know, I, 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 <laughs> I, I, I well, su- yeah, no. suggest a new outlook on life, maybe more hobbies.
0: Oh, well, that's it. You know, I've been tending to my virtual farm so much. And, you know, oh, with the, all the. Oh, <laughs> Christ.
1: I just, you know, I, I walked ass first into that one. Oh, I hope we get like a farm simulator, like, uh, ad, oh. like, you know, a sponsor.
0: Dude, I would be so happy, especially if they gave me like the power to like t- to, to put some stuff in the game. That'd be man freaking fantastic! you'd be amazing <laughs> on those commercials actually <laughs> just you want a tractor
1: just like wrecking shit
0: dude honestly the best thing about this fucking game is like the one stock male face literally looks just like me so like <laughs> it's me with my green overalls and my orange bucket hat just walking around the farm
1: <laughs> i know i was thinking the other day you're like <laughs> this guy's like one sweater vest from being hello neighbor i don't know if oh. you've seen that it's like a, it's it's kind of like a, a game like Outlast where you're just being chased around, and it just happens to be this cranky neighbor. He, nice. he has He had like the pompadour going and just the mustache. When you were doing just the mustache for a while, oh, yeah. I was like, oh my gosh, that's Hello Neighbor. It's awesome. <laughs> it's such a. <laughs> compliment. Does sound you got to you got awesome. to play it. It's great.
0: It does sound great. You know, it, it's it's kind of whatever those things, uh, whatever the free games are for PlayStation for the month or. You know for the playstation plus that, that you know there's a shot i might I, you know i might get down on it you know? I, just, I have fishing a fishing simulator game which is great i got got my farming so i just farm and you know just let my mind wander so i have plenty of time to stew about fucking shitty draft results <laughs> yeah yeah Just stew. riding around in my tractor fucking ultimo dragon <laughs> i know ultimo
1: dragon he said he wasn't gonna draft bret hart
0: Swing. That's the that was the best. That was my favorite part. You were like, "Yeah." So, Bret Hart's all yours, bud. And so, <laughs> we got later in the draft. And Ron's like, "Okay, I'll take Bret Hart." And then main a him. He swerved well, me. You set me up. <laughs> what was it like? Pick thirteen? Like Bret Hart gets picked? Like, oh, yes. I,
1: it it was one of the more controversial drafts. And I'm glad we're talking about yeah. it. Like enough to be, be able to carry the conversation over to the next week. But yeah, uh you it know great. some would say that I'm on a streak, Cole. And absolutely uh, you're streaking. Would, and we are, we are streaking. Nothing on at all. But speaking of streaks, uh why we're here today during the month that is oh so titled WCW month, one of the biggest blunders in WCW history was the fact that WCW had the wherewithal to have this homegrown megastar top draw talent that was making changes in the business well after the debacle of the Sting-Hogan feud. They needed something, and uh, Goldberg was that guy, and uh, he was one of those guys that had limited skill set, but he was also one of those guys that it didn't matter what uh, was happening in the ring. The crowd was waiting for Spear, Jack, Hammer, Go Home, and then eventually got to that crazy entrance, Goldberg was a phenomenon during the Monday Night Wars, and he was a phenomenon in WCW, and one of the biggest blunders, as I mentioned before and alluded to earlier, was they beat this man. It was the first time where, like, someone was so undefeated, like, probably since Andre. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And, and, I mean...
0: He w- he was right up there with Tatanka, except for I think Tatanka actually had like three or 400 matches in a row where he, right. <laughs> if we're being honest.
1: <laughs> right. And these were all like televised, like, you know, these were all like televised matches, and they were like doing their part of like jotting it down and making a scorecard. Right. Bobby the Brain Heenan's uh, on-air fandom of Goldberg was second to none watching Nitro. It, he did such a great job of putting him over, but when they finally beat him, in the most, like, douchey way possible, and then come to find out that the person booking the show is the person who beat him, it just goes to show the irresponsibility of knowing what you have when you had it and, you know, just shitting all over it when you have it. And, you know, in a lot of ways it hurt the business because it not only did it hurt the business of WCW, it hurt the business of the perception of this megastar that we had on a silver platter and uh, I think it's one of the biggest, trashiest de- decisions in booking history. Uh, and, that's, and that's coming from someone who lived through it as well. You know, I was a yeah. Goldberg fan. So, uh, you know, uh, there's a lot of like hindsight people who are not Goldberg fans. And that's, and that's understandable. But I've always been on Team Goldberg. And I think as a fan and as a hindsight booking decision, one of the worst decisions ever was to beat Goldberg at that time.
0: Yeah, but, I mean, but I think it's more than that. I, I think that was just like a, a that was just on the list of a, a long line of mis- missteps with Goldberg. Like they fucking started shitting the bed during the streak. Like when they artificially inflated the number to the point where like people were like, uh, it went up 50 matches in like two weeks, guys. Like what are yeah, we doing <laughs> for a company that doesn't do house <laughs> shows either? Yeah. Well, yeah, they did a couple house shows a week. Like they did some house shows, but like it's like all of a sudden you go from like he's 40 and know to like he's 87 and a what he's 100 and what good how did he have 20 matches this week (laughs) that's what they
1: were that's what they were claiming in the magazines is that oh well we have a lot of house shows
0: not that many yeah exactly (laughs) like even wwe would have been like oh he went up 20 in a week i don't think so maybe six
1: but like yeah you know winning streaks you know uh arena capacities. There's inflated numbers. Oh, yeah, absolutely.
0: There? Yeah, yeah, that's and, that's definitely a wrestling shape, but they, I mean, they could have just been reasonable about it and he, you could have been three or four a week, you know? Oh, he had two matches on the house show this weekend. Cause he, you know, he beat the guy so easy. He took a second match, you know, like they could have done something and made it at least reasonable, but like, it was jumping up by astronomical numbers all of a sudden out of nowhere. and yeah. It was like, dude, the streak is impressive enough. Like, leave it be. <laughs> I know.
1: Like, you know, like, what's the saying? A hat on a hat? That's what Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I yeah. mean, Goldberg was already fun to watch. He was already believable as shit. You know, you yeah. just, he could have just sold the entire match and then Jack Hammer, Spear, Jack Hammer, go home. The crowd would have been happy. The crowd, yeah, the crowd never shut up just because they were anticipating it was like the professional wrestling equivalent of a Mike Tyson match. Don't yeah, blink! Absolutely. This is about to end at any moment, bro. Goldberg. Yeah, yeah. It was a fucking. It, it. And then when they finally got the entrance down, I was yeah. like, I, "There was a point in time, and I don't care how this makes me look. There was a point in time where I was kind of like all Goldberg and against yeah, Austin, yeah. absolutely. You know, because yeah. that was the big like fuck you, like, d- uh yeah. division amongst the uh, amongst WCW and WWE. Even if you like them both. There was, there was still that weird division of like, oh, Sting versus Taker, Austin versus yeah, yeah. Goldberg. And it was always Austin Goldberg. And everyone would always argue about that. But I was like,
0: I like Goldberg. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah, like, I'm a yeah.
1: Closet Goldberg fan.
0: <laughs> yes. Well, I mean, but that's it. He was a world beater. He was killing everyone in record times. And he was unbeatable. I mean, like even... No one even really got very much offense against Goldberg. So even though, you know, we're teenagers and we kind of understand like loosely that what wrestling is at the time as teenagers, you still are young enough to buy into it. And the story that everyone's telling, like you're still more willing to go along with the story. And so in the world, Austin, we knew was fallible. We knew that he was not impervious to pain. We knew that he had a bad neck. We knew that he could be beaten because they they beat him probably more than they should have. But even then, it wasn't that much. But we knew that you could get one over on Austin and you could beat him. Goldberg were like, who the fuck can beat Goldberg? Like he destroyed Hogan. He destroyed everybody like. So absolutely like as a teenager I can see. yeah I mean uh, as a WWF fan I'd be worried if it was a shoot uh putting Austin against Goldberg I'd be like oh, I yeah. don't know yeah that, and yeah, that yeah, was I, always yeah.
1: my thing I was like 12 13 year old me with the perception that we have at the time at that age yes. I'm watching both shows and I'm like okay one guy is entertaining and I think he'll definitely beat my ass but he's he's spending weekly Mondays pouring beer on old guys and uh, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. Make, making Vince piss his pants and and stunning uh, uh, Gerald Briscoe and Pat Patterson while he's got shit streak underwear going, and he's like sneaking up from behind and stunning people and drinking beer. But you got Goldberg walking that aisle, entering that ring, looking everyone dead in the eye, spear, jackhammer, destruction every week. Uh, no, no song and dance, no, no ha ha stuff. And uh, just for me, every time like it came up, I was like, Goldberg would fucking eat Austin. <laughs> and yes. Everyone would just look at me like I had shit coming out of my ears. That
0: might, You know, that might be a fun exercise to do here on the podcast. Just book like a 1998 WCW versus WWF, like best of seven pay-per-view. The you know, world we're tag champs. Yeah, tag champions. And then obviously Austin versus Goldberg closes the show. We could do like, you know, and just figure out from there what else i mean you know we sting and taker and Goldberg and austin are the two like set in stone but we we it would be a lot of maybe a lot of fun to kind of go through that and uh do that at some point that's a good absolutely.
1: idea absolutely WCW versus the world was my like favorite game ever at the you know when playstation 1 was a thing and it was basically that <laughs> concept it was WCW and then just a bunch of knockoffs from every other company that you can just play awesome. with that's awesome it's amazing <sighs> oh, I mean, and, you know, and
0: now we have fire pro. So, <laughs>
1: and now we have fire pro. So rest of the games are endless and really you, sh- you shouldn't make another one.
0: But <laughs> yes,
1: but what we could make is more history by rewriting it because, you know, when you're talking about, you know, putting all of these worlds together, I can't help but think of what we could do to correct the blunder that was ending Goldberg's streak. You know, a lot of meat is on the table here or, or Yeah. Oh, I'm going to use yeah. that. A lot of meat is on the table. It's on the bone, too, <laughs> but it's also on the table because we're about yeah, to Yeah, there's eat. there's
0: plenty to chew here. <laughs> there's plenty
1: to chew, absolutely. And, uh, you know, what, what would you do? How would you end it? Where would you end it? What company would you end it in? That's all going to be answered today because, you know, without further ado, let's get into it. How the hell would we rectify the decision of ending Goldberg's streak? Cole, uh, I believe I went first last time or you went first i'm gonna i'm just gonna let you decide who do you want to go first
0: i will go first but before i give my uh you know my uh before i rewrite history let's cover history oh. Bill Goldberg, september 22nd 1997 makes his debut on nitro defeating hugh morris and then uh very quickly begin a streak of victories his first kind of feud of note which is very interesting uh and this just is one of those notes, you know, footnotes in history where you go, yeah, WCW, his first feud was over a Super Bowl ring with Steve Mongo McMichael.
1: <laughs> I mean, you know, <laughs> involving Deborah, <laughs> it's, it was kind of topical. I mean, <coughs> I know that he was a Falcon at one point. What was Mongo?
0: Yes, and a Ram and uh, a Mongo was a part of the the Super Bowl Shuffle. Chicago Bears, uh, one of the arguably the greatest defense in the history of NFL, and they won that uh, random Super Bowl in the '80s with uh, Jim McMahon. But they had Walter Payton, they had uh, William the Refrigerator Perry. uh, I mean, just an all time great team. And Steve Mongo McMichael was probably the. Uh, I mean, obviously, William Perry, the refrigerator, was the star of that defense uh, just because he was the largest man in like football history at that moment. Uh, so much so that he was so big, they would let him run the ball sometimes as a running back and score touchdowns because no one could tackle him because he was just 400 pounds and whatnot. So, yeah, Steve Mongo McMichael and then Goldberg played 11 games in the NFL and got or, or 14 games and got 11 tackles. So that's a lot of Goldberg information here today, ladies and gentlemen. So yeah. after beating Mongo Spawned McMichael <laughs> from a question of what did Mongo
1: McMichael play? Oh, God. I really, it was like one of those situations where I was like, Ron, you asked a football
0: question, don't Chicago is the answer. <laughs> okay, oh, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, and then he had some nice, uh, nice squashes against Brad Armstrong and uh, Perry Saturn on pay per view. Uh, moving on to Raven for the United States Championship, where he won, uh, and then uh, had a nice uh, feud with the Flock and Raven, uh, you know beat guys like mike enos famously from the beverly brothers you know famously that, that's super important <laughs> uh, but you know had title defenses against conan and kurt henning who were nwo members of course building up to the catchphrase who's next uh this is when the streak really started kind of kicking off and he was moving into clearly the main event uh Slot in the eyes of the fans. He was really getting over. Of course, this is when they started inflating the numbers and whatnot. Um, but very quickly became a number one contender for Hulk Hogan. And on July 6th, 1998, on a random episode of Nitro on Monday night, uh, in front of 40,000 people at the Georgia Dome in Atlanta, he beats Hogan with zero buildup, zero anything. Just kind of flew under the radar. I don't even remember it happening or hearing about it. And so, like, I know in my brain that Goldberg was the champion, but other than him beating Hogan and losing to Nash, like, his title reign doesn't stand out in my brain as something that actually really happened. Other than we talk about, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's it. So, like, when we get into this, um, we're gonna get to you know so to finish history 175 days as the champion he loses to nash with a bunch of help from scott hall they do the whole thing security guard they've got the taser gun whole bunch of shit um and and then that was the most
1: electrifying movement sports entertainment
0: (laughs) yes uh yeah, but it's like yeah, like 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 we talked about uh some quotes here in this pro in the 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 profile here. Goldberg was 42 and 0 and then 7 days later he's 58 and 0. You know, so he won 16 matches in a week and stuff like that and it's just kind of silly. Um but then it just got kind of convoluted from there they turned Goldberg heel, you know, he kind of had the feud with Brett. He never regained the title, never really chased after it again. It was kind of silly. Um, And not to
1: mention the finger poke of doom shortly followed the beating of Goldberg.
0: Exactly. So they really kind of shit on the belt, uh, in, 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 I mean, frankly, that's what, you know, that this is when the problems really started with WCW. Um, they got desperate, uh, which is why they threw, just gave away the biggest match in their company's history for free on Monday night. So, um, yeah, that's what happened, and we're going to fix it today, so I, I believe I'm going to kick things off, uh, it, it, since you're not, uh, you're, you're, uh, I don't know, I'm fucking lost. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, uh, it, you, anyway. sound like, you
1: sound like you got kicked in the head by Goldberg, <laughs> and you won't <laughs> shut up about it. <laughs>
0: dude that's so funny because we were talking we we're listening to Mick Foley pot at work yesterday while we're while we're out and about and uh Mick Foley likes to refer to himself as the bret heart of uh oh what's that fucking the uh oh my god the the web the website where you get people to call you for your birthday or whatever or they they record a video message what's Cameo? that thing called yeah, the cameo. So uh, Mick Foley likes to call himself the Bret Hart of cameo. The best there is, the best there was, the best there ever will be. And he records these cameos live on the air sometimes with Conrad Thompson on his podcast, and they're hysterical. He goes above and beyond. He does costume changes. He sings songs like he writes parody songs. It's great. If you're thinking of a cameo, ladies and gentlemen, get a Mick Foley. But we were talking with uh, our, our friend uh, Chris Cadillac, he works with me, and uh, it was like he's like, yeah. I'm like, I want a Bret Hart cameo, but I want one where he's just bitching about Goldberg for five minutes. Like that's all I want. I'm like, hey, Cole, how's it going? You know, I'm glad I was your favorite wrestler, fucking Goldberg. You know, I could have been still. Like, <laughs> that's what I want. I don't want him to be like anything but just like bitching about Bill Goldberg for five minutes, and that's my cameo.
1: <laughs> I know. Just make him like do sync sing- like. <laughs>
0: Make him like perform a
1: bunch of shit that breaks his heart for for yeah. lack of a better phrase. You know, like yeah, talk about the Montreal screw job, and then yeah. reference Bill and Goldberg. Bill Goldberg will, yeah, yeah. I'm well, like,
0: I want, I want full scale bitter Brett fucking cameo. I want him to get heated and like give me a little bit of that <laughs> bitter uh, Brett face. <laughs> yeah. So about
1: the two worst days of your life.
0: Yeah. That's all I want to hear about. (laughs) Not the fact that you're my favorite wrestler ever. and (laughs) The reason I bought a wrestling ring and my sister's in WWE now. No, no. I want you to go play for five minutes. (laughs) Yeah. Your wine looks like shit, by the way. So for me, if we're going to fix the ending the streak part of Goldberg's thing, why don't we go back just a little bit further and fix this entire fucking mess that they had with Goldberg? Because I don't think It matters who he lost to since winning the belt wasn't even a big deal. And I feel like his entire fucking run was fumbled. So I'd like to go back to the Georgia Dome. And before that, we're going to make it perfect. The Bill Goldberg to put his sights on the world heavyweight championship. And so for about eight weeks and two pay-per-views, We'll say 12 weeks. We'll we'll build up. We're gonna have two pay-per-view matches with Goldberg to build up to the big giant Starcade match with Hogan. So he's gonna beat, you know, he's already beat Mr. Perfect. He's beat Conan. So he's getting a singles match with Scott Hall, not not on that nitro. That that's fine. And then like if you beat Scott Hall, then he can, you know, he'll move up the list. Like, we're not gonna just have him beat Scott Hall and Hogan in the same night on Nitro with no buildup and no fucking like idea that this is coming so we're going to build that up for a few months uh he's going after hogan and hogan always manages to get out of the way and escape goldberg but he beats everyone goldberg's going to beat hall clean the middle he's going to beat nash clean in the middle giant whoever he's going to beat the entire nwo building up to this and then we're going to have four entire weeks of television of Goldberg stalking Hogan and Hogan running like a bitch and knowing that he's scared and knowing that he knows his title reign is coming to an end. And then we're going to have the pay-per-view. And of course the NWO is going to do everything in their power to try to fuck this guy. Hall's going to be their Nash, everybody, but the entire WCW locker room is going to stand up to the NWO and make sure that this stays a singles match clean in the ring. And like it's going to turn into a, almost a lumberjack match at this point, but it's going to be a wild brawl because let's be honest Goldberg and Hogan, we're going to need some fucking Gaga to make this thing work, right? Because this is going to be like a 15, 20 minute production that ends in Goldberg defeating Hogan, Spear, Jackhammer, one, two, three middle of the ring at the a gigantic pay-per-view with all the buildup. So like, we're going to fix that to start this thing. Right. And then we can have months of the NWO trying to get the belt back, doing all this stuff. We're definitely going to have a rematch with Hogan. Uh, maybe a couple months down the line with Goldberg. And maybe that's when we end the streak. Because I don't think Nash ending the streak did anything for anybody. I don't see any other heel that we could have come up with in the company that could have made it worthwhile. But I I feel like we could have gotten six months out of this Goldberg-Hogan feud and we got one match on Nitro. And then Hogan's answer to get the belt back was to fucking do the finger poke of doom spot after Nash, the Booker put himself over on Goldberg like if we look at it in a match of itself ending the streak with the stun gun and the whole thing isn't necessarily the worst thing ever but I just feel like we could have got a lot out of this but so for me where I'd like to go is Goldberg wins the belt he's defending the belt still every week on Nitro that would be fine with me Goldberg becomes like that Bret Hart fighting champion. I'm going to defend this belt every week because nobody can beat me. And so there's two ways we could really go with this. We go to the point where Goldberg becomes the super villain, or we continue the feud with NWO and, and Hogan. I think I kind of like to do both if I'm being really honest. I think we do Goldberg defending the belt on Nitro for weeks on end. We build up to a Hogan rematch maybe a couple months down the line and there's all kinds of fuckery and bullshit and this time the NWO prevails and Hogan regains the belt from Goldberg so for me if we're going to end the streak the only way we can do that is to have Hogan with the power of the NWO behind him in the streak then from there we build up to a big giant war games match where we've got Goldberg, Sting flair and maybe the steiner brothers taking on hogan hall nash mr perfect and fucking norton or conan whoever you want whatever so then we have the big blow off but the stipulation of this war games match is that if wcw wins goldberg gets his rematch against hogan and everybody is barred from ringside no one from the nwo was allowed to be there nobody from wcw is allowed to be there if anyone comes out to the ring they're fired not suspended they're fired immediately and so we finally after like we've we've got 2 months of build up to the first match with hogan and goldberg we've got 2 months of build up to the rematch we've got the war games match that wcw wins and then finally here we are 8 months down the road Goldberg, Hogan, one-on-one, the third match. This is it. Winner take all. And Goldberg is going to beat Hogan in like seven minutes. Like it's going to be not a squash, but it's going to be a convincing solid win for Goldberg. And this is going to be the end of the NWO. Like Hogan's gone. He's off TV for six months. The NWO is going to fall apart at the seams at this point. And this is when Goldberg starts to become a little more arrogant, starts to become a little more uh, boisterous about the fact that he's better than everyone. No one can beat him and he's beating everybody. And we slowly kind of start shifting Goldberg to being a little bit of a heel. And that's when we can decide we're going to make the next big star. And for me, that would have been Bret Hart if we could go back in time and do this over again. But you've either got Sting, you've got Bret, you've got, Scott Steiner at this point becoming a main eventer. You got Booker T at this point, who's kind of elevating his game. But I, it would have been the way for the NWO to actually make somebody. Uh, And so by the end of 98, like it's Goldberg standing head and shoulders above everyone else. The NWO is kind of, you know, just decimated because they couldn't beat Goldberg. And now I think, you know, into 98, into 99, we're actually heading in the right direction. We've got uh, WCW is interesting. We got Bill Goldberg being the the unquestioned top star. He can have a two year title run at this point, and no one would complain about it. He keeps getting better and better. He's beaten guys like DDP. He's beaten every. I mean, it. The for me, this was a no brainer, and they just completely shit the bed because, frankly, for being honest, that doesn't work for me, brother. Uh, was a big huge problem for WCW. Uh, Scott Hall and Kevin Nash ha- having booking power and the, fav- the the favored nations clause in their contract and stuff like that, like the NWO really, while they were the big thing that put WCW on the map and made them big and and, and led to that 83 weeks in a row of decimating WWF and almost putting them out of business. Was also the anchor around their necks when it came down to the end of '98, and and it's what drug them down to the bottoms and killed the company because they just couldn't tell Hogan, hey, it's time to fucking make the next guy and and go away for a while, learn a new hold, and then they, but they could have brought Hogan back as a babyface too at that point. So that's where I'm at with the whole Goldberg saga, stretching out over eight months. Yeah, he's going to win the title, he's going to lose the streak, but ultimately he's going to come out on top, be the top guy going forward, not Hogan, not the NWL, and uh, I think at that point we're, we're set up pretty good to make another run uh, at another 83 weeks, so
1: and this is fantastic or maybe the never closing of the company at all
0: right uh, exactly
1: yeah so what you got is you got goldberg well you got wcw with actual storytelling you have a streak <laughs> a, a long streak with goldberg and then he wins the title and then it gets screwy when hogan beats him and then hogan's got that heat brother but the caveat is is goldberg ends the nwo yes. that is that is the story bullet point <laughs> uh yeah as far as like WCW that could have saved the day because once you beat Goldberg the way you did and had no follow through no payback no comeuppance for the gentleman you you squashed the best perceived athlete you had in your company this was a god like to the teenagers uh, right and-
0: but I think what you just said right there I think is the most important part it's not so much that they beat Goldberg that's the problem. It's that he didn't destroy them after that. Like, they just, like, kind of pushed him off to the side, moved him over to the mid, you know, the upper mid card and started a feud with other people and made him a heel, you know?
1: <laughs> yeah, and, you know, Goldberg is just one of those create creative victims of that's not going to work for me, brother, because in a lot of ways, Goldberg was kind of approaching... As far as like perception from the audience, he was approaching Hogan status where he didn't have to do anything. He can just literally go in there and sell. And then once he hits his two moves, it's like the crowd goes ape shit. They're all there to watch him win, and that is something that you don't get often in a babyface. Everyone's like even looking for the next champion, or right. or they want a heel to to to, to hate for a babyface to chase. But Goldberg was like once in a generation baby face defending champion that people wanted to see. And his oh, match- for sure. and the endings of his matches were not getting stale to the casual fan. And yeah, uh not enough praise can be thrown from me to Goldberg as of late as I grow older. Uh right. but um how I would do this, and this may be putting the gentleman on too much of a pedestal, but I am gonna go <laughs> I'm going to go as far as saying the creativity of WCW never really got better. We still got, we still ended up getting Vince Russo, Vince Russo to, 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 to really uh, drive the nail in the coffin. But the one creative move that was never pulled, uh, the trigger that was never pulled was beating Goldberg. And yeah, yeah, he could have won the title. And kept it, and then Vince Russo and Eric Bischoff famously went on that Nitro and stripped all the champions for the quote-unquote Nitro refresh. Swerve, yeah. bro, and that could be the out that I'm gonna use to implement my story. Is that Goldberg took was taking the title off him because of that terrible booking decision on Vince Russo? So the the creative is what it is. I might even just completely steal your creative. And because that whole that whole opening is fantastic. But I'm going to say that WCW does end up going out of business. But on the simulcast, we got we got Bill Goldberg telling the World Wrestling Federation or entertainment at the time. He says, I don't know when I don't know where, but World Wrestling Federation, WWF WWE, you're next. And then that's just the cliffhanger we have for a long time. And I'm thinking this is where I would go with this. In 2002, when Vince McMahon brings in Eric Bischoff, that's the biggest that's the biggest heat-seeking missile in in the world at the time. And I would ta- I would go as far as this: when Eric Bischoff gets hired, and he has that controversial RAW where he hands Triple H the world heavyweight type the world heavyweight championship, the big gold belt from WCW, as like this big anointment that. I'm running Raw, and I'm bringing something from my past, and I'm going to anoint this person. And so we got Triple H with the WCW Championship. It's a huge moment, heat-seeking moment, because Triple H didn't win anything to get it. It was just handed to him. Fucking, and it
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. it did
1: nothing for his reputation, uh, let me just say.
0: Uh, so what I would do is... I I would argue that it did something for his reputation, but not in a good way. Not in a good way. It it started the, he buries
1: everybody (laughs) treatment. Uh, But what I would do from there, because they had such a long storied past on Tough Enough and like dirt sheets, like Triple H was very vocal about his disdain for Bill Goldberg on how he's just a muscle head that's coming to take his spot because he's the pro wrestling purist brother, whatever. So I would say that the counteraction to something that controversial would be Bill Goldberg coming and being the first defense for Triple H's undeserved championship. And I would just mow through Triple H and just let that be the reason he needs to form Evolution to fight Bill Goldberg. So, but I would just keep that momentum going he goes after Hogan. He goes after The Rock. He does the whole bells and whistles. He'll get he'll get in there with Scott Steiner for a little nostalgia match. We know that's going to be great, right? Um, yeah. And uh, what I would do to make everything come to fruition, I would have at WrestleMania 19 the match the that for me is the most disappointing modern day Undertaker match of all time. Uh, the handicap match that was a throw that was a throwaway match. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would extend this streak all the way up until Seattle WrestleMania 19, and we have like an angle of all angles, where like it's been one year since the streak was acknowledged. And Goldberg, part of Goldberg's goals was to come in and confront the Undertaker and tell him straight to his face, you know, you have a legendary streak, but that's one day out of the year. I've never been beaten. Wow. My streak is way better than yours. I am the most... I When you talk about phenoms, I'm the phenom of the wrestling yeah, industry. Yeah, yeah, Not you. I've never been beaten ever on any day, and everyone glorifies your streak on one day on this stage. I will see you at that stage, and I'm going to make easy pickings out of The Undertaker. And we victimized The Undertaker. We actually are all freaking scared because, hey, guess what? We put this streak on such a pedestal for so many years—six total, Yeah, yeah. But nah.
0: still, that by that point, we're looking at like uh, the streak being four, five, six hundred matches, like yes. something insane, like that. I, I mean, I, I mean, realistically, if if he defended the belt every, you know, every Nitro, e- even from ninety-eight to two thousand one, when they went out of business. That's you know 150, 200, 300 matches, especially if they're still counting uh house shows and inflating it a little bit. We could be looking at close to like a thousand matches by that point in WrestleMania 19 that's in that's 2003, I mean, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, and, yeah. I th-
1: and I think I think the audience could have held out, especially that year off from Nitro closing to 2002 yeah, yeah if you if you noticed in my timeline, Goldberg is nowhere to be found during that invasion angle. We yeah, get, yeah, absolutely. We can, we can get back to that at a later date. But, you know, maybe he's in Japan, still counting. And that being his, like, internet dirt sheet thing. Like, he's in New Japan, freaking jackhammering uh, fucking wh- whomever is big at the time. <laughs> oh, but, yeah, yeah. But, you know, long story short, I'm using this as a platform to get my guy, my favorite guy over. Because at WrestleMania 19, I'd say we put takers back up against the wall. It's been a long road, but I think this would be a great opportunity for Goldberg to lose by by the skin of Undertaker's teeth. Really making the streak even more important. At this point, it'll be Goldberg making the streak because oh, the absolutely. Year, the year before, it was acknowledged. This year, it was tested by the biggest test ever, and yeah. this was light years away from the handicap match that was had and there's something about the american badass version of the undertaker versus goldberg that kind of appeals to me a little more i think it looks better on a poster um and uh i just think that would be oh light years better than what actually happened at wrestlemania 19 and again to my point it the the Undertaker's streak was acknowledged the, year, acknowledged the year before. I think this is where we actually put it on the map and it becomes way more important. Oh, for sure. Faster than it actually became important. So yeah. by the time Randy Orton, uh, by the time the Randy Orton match comes around, it's like way bigger. So, and I think that would be when Goldberg just kind of rides off into the sunset because what more do you need until he comes back as the part-timing superstar that we love love him as today?
0: I, I, I think that would be absolutely amazing. I, I my only thing is I feel like if Goldberg won the belt and held the title from 97 98 to you know all the way to 2001, I don't think the company goes out of business that quick. Yeah. Like I feel like if they would have just done right by Goldberg, that WCW would have remained profitable for at least another year or so longer. Correct. Um I th- part of the problem we, you know, we we talk about Vince Russo. Russo got the job because Eric Bischoff kind of pissed some people off, you know. And 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 part of the problem was that ratings were slipping, uh, pay per view buys were down. Uh, obviously, part of the pro a huge huge part of the problem, like. It's so hard to discuss the WCW thing because it was like a calamity of errors. Like it was the network putting the restrictor plates on them so hard really kind of shut down the NWO in the first place. Like when they're like, oh, we don't want gratuitous violence. We don't want any cuss words. We don't want like... When they basically told them they needed to do a super G rated wrestling show on national television, when it the reason it blew up because it was edgy and it was like pushing the envelope like they really neutered the program. But then the booking was also fucking terrible. (laughs) It was really, really bad. Uh, You know, the, the contracts with the NWO were really, really bad for them. Uh, I mean, they just everything compiled and then they brought in Vince Russo and the terrible booking became just unwatchable crap, like to the point that there was no stopping this. Like this was the Titanic and the fucking, you know, they were playing the violins already at this point when Bischoff came back and tried to save this bitch. But oh, then yeah. R- yeah, but they, it, failed. they
1: just... failed immediately when he came back and they had that yeah. big promo where they called Ric Flair a piece of shit and stripped all the champions yeah, of, exactly. And, and decided to do the nitro restart. That's why I left that in, because you're right. You're absolutely right. If uh they actually did ride oh, by Goldberg sure. and had him undefeated for the next three years, there'd be no need for Vince Russo. <laughs> I right, mean, right. We got like Goldberg was the first guy to do like movies for wcw that you know that that wasn't a wcw movie like he was in universal soldier which was the only reason i went and saw the movie
0: (laughs) yeah i just it's one of those things like oh man like if we could go back in time and with our brains right now not not our teenage brains because we would have shit the bed too but like if we could go back in time with our current day brains and take over in like late 97 or like middle 97 the book and like said hey Hulkster, you got to do this or we're going to go out of business like you you're gonna get us under is yes. like this is a problem like you need to understand but that's it if we could have pitched a one-year storyline to to hogan and told him this is what we want to do this is where we want to go we want to basically kill nwo hogan off at some point we want you to take a vacation and then you can come back at some point and be a hero and we'll you know put the red and yellow back on you we'll be you know we'll, we'll we'll rebirth hogan's you know as the the tippy top baby face guy and maybe not the tippy top anymore at that point but definitely as a guy right next to Goldberg underneath Goldberg or like you said if Goldberg becomes a monster heel at some point and the fans turn on him because he's so good there we go we can bring Hogan back and right away we have that but also it just was so bad because WCW just never created that new star they just never did it and so when they find when Goldberg happened it was like oh my god and i mean Goldberg and DDP happened and the NWO just kept their thumb on them and fucked it up. And, and they had the opportunity to create two mega baby faces who at some point could have switched sides and feuded with each other coming out of it. Plus they had sting and Flair's always there. Like <laughs> flares always there and they had fucking Bret Hart. Like there it's just, it's astonishing looking back to understand how the fuck did they fuck this up? Like It's just insane.
1: It is insane, and I can't really add too much to it because you hit the nail on the head, but what I can transition to is the fact that we talked about one of the biggest blunders in booking history for WCW, and we re- we rewrote history and try to make it better. Next week, we're going to take <laughs> the greatest booking decision ever made by the company, and we're going to make it better, change it, <laughs> do stuff to it. Uh, we're we're I mean, going to yes. do a thought exercise. We're going to do a thought exercise because let's just be honest. You can't make this better. This no. is the greatest thing that pretty much, you know, uh, you kind of double edged sword it earlier with the, the, the politics and the background noise of it all. Yeah. But creatively, ratings wise, fandom wise, this yeah. is probably more of the money greatest... making. It's, exactly. it's like
0: the biggest money drawing fucking angle in history. It like they I mean, they literally almost put Vince out of business. Like Correct. There was they it wasn't it, like it was on the flip side where it wasn't the competition because WCW was so dominant for a year and a half. Yes. Like, it's insane. So, yeah, we're doing a thought exercise kind of like, well, let's just imagine that Hulk Hogan doesn't exist and refuses to turn heel. What do we do? Yes, you know. <laughs> and, the, and, and the title
1: is Who's the Third Man? The Third Man. We're going to talk about the third man, the creation of the NWO, and the big mystery. Who's the third man that Scott Hall and Kevin Ash are bringing in to take down the company known as WCW? you damn right. There's more meat on the table, Cole. Let's eat. <laughs>
0: Oh, I don't know if there's a lot of meat on the bone on who's the third man, but this one is like, this is going to be a little bit of uh, dressing and we're going to make some chicken salad, I think, out of chicken shit uh, this this next week because <laughs> we're we're messing with perfection and uh, we're gonna we're just going to like, you know, I, I did see, I, I saw, you know, a thought exercise along these lines going back to WWF in 85. What if Hogan doesn't exist, right? What do you do instead of Hulkamania who's taken the belt off the Iron Sheik in the beginning of 1985. And, and, and it's one of those, you're doing something that clearly is going to be less than, but let's see if we can do this and we could have made it work and it would have been interesting. And if it's something people could sink their teeth into and put some meat on the bone with, uh, you know, a lesser than uh storyline. <laughs>
1: I mean, that's why we do this, you know, creative team at your service. You know, we put our money where our mouth is. We're not just armchair quarterback fans that like to complain. We do that a lot. Let's be honest. (laughs) Yeah, we do. (laughs) Not too many of you out there just complain and don't give your own ideas. And that's what we do on this show every single week. Cole, I'm done filibustering. I don't know how to do an outro. That's you, boo. (laughs) So please, please take us home.
0: Well, thanks for being here as we uh, corrected the wrongs done against Bill Goldberg this week. Next week, join us as we discuss who else could have been the third man. What would we have done if Hogan wasn't an option for the NWO? And uh, that's going to do it for this week, ladies and gentlemen. I am your host, Cole Dawson, Uh, for Ron Kilborn, saying thank you, we love you, and good night. More.
1: Thanks for listening. Find us on Instagram and Twitter at Creative Team Pod or just the Creative Team on Facebook. Follow Cole Dawson on Twitter and Instagram at Cole2130 and follow yours truly at Ron underscore Kilborn. We'll see you next week on another episode of The Creative Team.